Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. A cautionary tale. Listen to what they say, then do the opposite. Your hosts, Colin Flynn and John M. Craig. Thank you for joining us. You're locked into episode 197, Unbecoming of Age, the podcast. Two guys that have never met in real life, social distancing for the last couple of years, actually for a while. I'm Colin Flynn, I live in Iowa, and here's John M. Craig. Hey Colin, how's it going? It is a, uh, what is it, September 18th, 2020, and it has been a year, and it feels like the last time we recorded episode 196 has been a year. It's only been two months, uh, and nothing, nothing has happened in that time. True story? Mm, <laughs> I'm not so sure about that. Uh, July 21st, uh, 2020, it was a short or long eight weeks ago and uh you know i had my little power outage and uh and then you had a big 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 thing there in cedar rapids iowa we did go yeah so uh, i guess i guess and you're back up online because i only had power for out for a few days and i went to my parents house who got it back right away uh you know so it wasn't so bad here that first storm that we got uh, we're up to Hurricane Sally, but yours was something different, right? You had a little wind, well, a lot of wind, but it was it took a toll. Yeah, we uh, they were calling it the uh, derecho, uh, and uh, which is a Spanish word for usually it means right. Derecho is right. Esquierdo is that what it is? Is left. Um, but uh, in this case, uh, it means straight line winds. Uh, there was a it was like a it, it was like they've they've likened it to a hurricane in the Midwest without without the water. So um, we had 140 mile an hour winds uh, the, at the peak, and we had sustained 100 mile per hour winds for somewhere between 20 and 30 minutes. So. Um, we lost uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa. We've got a lot of trees. It's a very forested sort of city uh, normally, but we lost uh, in the storm about, they're saying now, somewhere between 65 uh, to 70%. Maybe it'll go higher even still. Uh, percent of our trees were, were, uh, were just completely ripped out of the ground, broken, demolished. Uh, it's just uh, it's it's crazy. It's it's hard to hard to wrap your mind around it. Even living here and seeing it, we have still tree rubble. It was the only way to describe it. Everywhere, you'll go through neighborhoods and there are piles of trees that are, you know, the branches, the trunks, the the, the, the pretty much uh, the, the whole tree that's uh, come down uh, from curb to sidewalk wide uh, pretty much everywhere and usually the pile is somewhere to it's like 10 or 15 feet high because a lot of people lost uh, uh, you know big huge uh, 100 150 year old trees yeah. that sort yeah. of thing yeah, yeah it's, I, you show you sent me a link to a YouTube video um, a, a couple about six weeks ago or so because uh, your, your storm was on August 10th is that right that's correct yeah and so you had sent me um, a link and I watched this it was just it's some one's house in a residential neighborhood and the winds were intense and to watch just about every tree and we're not talking small little you know trees apple trees what we're talking about like oak tree i mean it was nuts i mean if you i i it would blew my mind how these trees got uprooted and and the amount of damage uh that appeared and it, and it wasn't because of it seems that because of the news cycle everything that's happened this year it it didn't it eventually made national news but not to the extent of the damage i mean in my estimation i'm not there obviously 
Yeah, yeah. No, it, uh, it definitely didn't get much uh, much coverage nationally. Even I think once you got out of the immediate uh, immediate region here, uh, there were a lot of people that didn't know really anything about it. And we, uh, when it happened, I think if you looked back at the news cycle that day, I think that was pretty much the day they announced the uh, Kamala Harris uh, was going to be the uh, you know the uh, running with Joe Biden, and uh, there was probably some sort of COVID something going on, and who knows what was. You know, just the normal crap that we we have in our in our news cycle that you're normally thinking about. Uh, that's that's all for the most part the national news uh, really wants to cover, and so um, yeah, it really didn't get get a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of coverage. Uh, it, most of the guys that were here from uh, that ended up here from like FEMA and from um, storm. You know, the, the people that would be normally around storms uh, around the United States. I, I heard uh, more than one of them say that. As far as they had seen in their lifetimes, all of the places they had visited, as far as where there had been, you know, hurricanes or tornadoes or things like that, they said this was as bad or worse than anything they'd ever seen. And and this was, uh, so this had long-lasting impact on the community, right? I mean, you had, um, you were, you personally were out without power for what, 15 days or was it longer? uh, no, it wasn't quite that long. It was it was without electricity for about twelve. We okay. were in the dark. It was uh, we had um, no internet for uh, another week or so past that. The only the only reason I managed to get internet hooked up uh, when um, when we did was I I, I it was really lucky uh, the timing uh, that that occurred. I went on a complete uh, I went full on Karen and. Uh, I had, I had contacted the internet company and I had found out that the soonest they were going to get us hooked up, they said that possibly was October 9th. Right. B- based Two on months, what was going on. Which yeah, is crazy. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. In a city of 200,000 people and we're right in the middle of town. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So I went uh, nuts and I started firing off emails to the, to the mayor, city council. Uh, I, I went Congress people. I, I went to the newspaper. Uh, anybody that I could possibly think of, I just just sat down and just kept sending emails uh, to people and talked about the idea that you know this was critical infrastructure uh, in today's world as important really as you know internet is probably just about as important to most households uh, as electricity and running water because we're you know a lot of us are working from home we've got children now that are that are you know trying to learn from home we've got all sorts of things that are happening that right. I just found that uh, being unacceptable I, I accused this company of not having enough uh, enough help basically that they had they, they exist in I think um, like 24 states or something like that and they have According to their website, 4,600 employees, and it didn't seem to me that they had pulled in the resources that, for instance, that the the local power company had, which we had, we had trucks from all all over power companies from from uh, states as far as I mean, I saw stuff from Georgia, I saw stuff from Pennsylvania, um, to get the electricity back up because all the electrical lines were down and we we were in the dark. The city was completely in the dark, other than if if uh, like hospitals might have been running on their own generators or something like that, but. as far as uh, any citywide electricity, we were completely in the dark for 48 hours or so before they started getting any sort of electricity back anywhere. And then it slowly crawled back across neighborhoods where they started getting stuff back. But we were in a situation for uh, the, the, okay, so the, the first evening when it happened, 
most of the radio stations in town had been knocked off the air because there was uh, some towers that had blown over. We had no cell phone service. We had about uh, 320 uh, cell phone towers around the area were, were damaged uh, to some degree. They're knocked over completely or, or damaged, you know, cords and wires or whatever pulled off of them to the extent that they didn't work. They had um, all sorts of damage like that. So really... You, there was no way to communicate with people, uh, and uh, there was a the first evening the one of the, the ABC news affiliate here in town TV affiliate they broadcast them they just simulcast them on the the radio stations that were working were were simulcasting them. And even though we didn't have electricity, you know, you were scrambling for batteries and stuff. And we, we got a, a radio somewhere that we could run off a battery and would listen to some of that stuff. And uh, they were saying that, uh, okay, the, the, the city is dark. Uh, don't worry about power lines being down anywhere because the, the, they're down all over town. Everybody's got a power line down, uh, either in their yard or, you know, on the street somewhere. There's power lines down everywhere. Uh, they're all dead. There's there's no electricity anywhere on the grid. The grid's been completely shut off. They said uh, nine. Don't call nine one one. It's just not going to do you any good. There's the streets are impassable. You you couldn't get anywhere in town. The whole it wasn't like it hit just one little part of town. The whole city was 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 knocked down like this. And so they're saying you can't go anywhere. The the in nine nine one one the emergency responders can't get to you. And they're overwhelmed right now with the calls that are coming through. It's people calling about downed power lines. There were all sorts of injuries with uh, yeah, the stuff you might imagine. People are running chainsaws and they're getting burned by generators and um, things like that. So, um, you know, there was all sorts of that stuff going on. But they basically said for, you know, for the first couple of days, it, uh, okay, the, the, the cavalry may be coming. But you're going to have to hold down the fort yourself. There, there's, there are ways off. You know, if you if you're thinking about the old western movie, you know, you're you're out in Fort Cheyenne, and and the you know, the cavalry is still in St. Louis. So you know, it's 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 a long ways before they're going to get there. And uh, it was a weird weird fucking feeling. I'll tell you, sitting uh, in in your yard it's completely dark you know you don't have any of the light pollution going on that you would have in a city of this size so you could see the milky way just as bright as could be when it got dark but you also realize that um you know if there are if there are bad guys out and about um there's no there's no alarm systems there's no phones there's no nothing like that going on so uh if uh, if there's any ne'er-do-wells <laughs> that are trying to pull something uh they're, they're just going to get away with it there's there's no there's no way for anybody to to get after them but um, did you have gun did you have your guns loaded uh, Locked and loaded. Well, yeah, I we tell you, have guns, but uh, we didn't. We do now. Um, you you I, do. Okay. Oh fuck yes, I, yes. Uh, that there's. I've had some epiphanies from this whole thing in a major way, um, and uh, yeah, you know, um, I if. If uh, I think in today's world, if you if you don't have uh, some means by which to. Uh, to be your own personal protection detail uh, in in a situation, you probably um, haven't thought about it enough. And I know that's not doesn't apply for everybody. Um, not everybody's going to be comfortable in that regard. But uh, I, I'm not. Well, I, 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 I'm not. And I, I I've told the story about you know taking the test and become a New York City police officer and right. holding that 38 just like to get the weight of it before we even did any training and I was like no and I'm just I don't know it's it's 
I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know. Even with proper training, I don't know that I try. I don't like the idea of having one around for myself yeah. or others. I mean, I don't know. I stayed at a friend's house, and he has them, and he, they seem to be locked up, not in a cabinet, but in in a case. And and it's just sort of one of those things. Is if it's locked up in a case in your room, and something were to happen, if it were to go, you know, yeah, I, you, you know, do you even have? Are you ready for it? You know, at the same time, I wouldn't want to have a moment of 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 you know, doing the wrong thing at the wrong time or an accident or whatever. It's just not for me. I don't know. I sure I have too much trust in everything and everyone in humanity, well, which in 2020, I wonder, maybe maybe I shouldn't, but I still, I, I think I do. I, I, I don't know. I believe that. For that period of time, I realize that the, the uh, what we call society, modern society, what, what the way we think of you know the, of the world, you know, I can I can call nine one one, I can count on this this thing happening. Uh, I I realize that uh, it's we're we're just a little little minor catastrophe away from all of that shit being gone, and uh, you know so I guess what I the the, the thought I had in my mind as I uh, signed off on the twelve gauge pump was um i'd rather uh you know chamber around with a big on that thing out in the yard in the dark and let somebody hear that um uh, maybe um you know pop one over their head if i needed to but i wouldn't have had a moment's hesitation those evenings uh letting somebody know that a i've got this and and b if you if you keep coming uh and you know we're, we're gonna have a discussion yeah, after hurricane sandy uh there in in my area not in my neighborhood, but about five, six miles away. I think it was uh, Monmouth Beach, maybe. I don't know the name of the town, but it's it's a lower-income I- sort of beach area community or water. I don't think it's on the ocean, but m- maybe it is. I, I, did, I don't know the area well, but uh, apparently there was some looting and some crime going on there. You know, and I mean, I saw people that had signs about, you know, I'll shoot you if you take my, you know, my stuff, you know, like on a piece of plywood and they spray painted it. And, right. And I, and I had heard some stories from uh, indirectly from cop about the, some shit that went down that I don't sure. know how bad it got. I wasn't there. I didn't spend time there. You know, and, and I, I just, you know, you're going to have a segment of the population that may look at things as an opportunity and do things that are awful and take advantage to get away with stuff to start trouble to who knows you know or just to get something from someone because they can right right you know i i I don't know i mean as far as my stuff honestly i'd be upset about my stuff but i don't really care about stuff i do care about my life i do you know i I questioned why but no i have a good life i have a great life and i'm like like i just started seeing a therapist online and just the whole thing it's like a zoom call i'll get into that later but uh, it's going great it's going great i don't even know why i said that i hope he doesn't listen i think i told him the name of the podcast <laughs> anyway all right uh, back to what yeah so I, i'm yeah I, I had you ever considered it before not 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 strongly but when you've got somebody telling you when you when you have the everybody in town knows that you know, it's it's the wild wild west for a couple of days and you've just heard um 
uh, over and over, uh, you know, all of us paying attention to this to this national bullshit that uh, we we get sucked into every day. It's, it's called the news cycle. When you start hearing shit about defund the police, and and you start hearing stuff about uh, you know the the idea that uh, certain people uh, see themselves as untouchable in in, in today's world because well, you know the police should stay the fuck out of their business. I, you know, I, it was a real easy decision at that point. I was like, sorry. Defund Not sorry. the police is a terrible name for it. I, I don't think it has legs completely. No, probably I not. I think that police reform, policing reform, that's something different. Sure. And, and, and it is very different. And, and if you have... If you have Biden and, and Kamala Harris get in office, I don't think that's happening overnight. You don't... You need... You need law enforcement. You know, sure, you, you, right. you do, and and it's. But I think it 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 absolutely needs to change. The culture of it needs to change. Uh, you know, policing in certain communities need to change. Where do the people who are policing live? What is and again, it transcends race. You know, you you can be a a, a police officer of color and still have terrible views about people of color. You, you, when you do that job, you're not always seeing the best of the best, right? You're not getting called to get a cat out of a tree. In some towns, sure. But again, I, 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 I'm not trying to gloss over it. I just, I don't know. I, I'm, not, I'm, not ready, I'm not ready to accept that that's where we're heading. I don't know if I'm putting an asterisk on this year. It just seems like one thing after another, but I, yeah. I, I just, I don't know. And I don't think I'm blindly hopeful or I'm not an, uh, an optimistic. Everything's amazing. It's going to be great. This is, I love this. I hope I wear a mask forever. Like I, I love not, I love seeing a friend and not being able to give them a hug or shake their hand. I love that. That's great. It doesn't feel weird at all. It all feels weird. The school thing feels weird. I, I, you know, it's not just one thing. But again, I'm not, I, I'll, I will never say never. I just said never twice. I will, I don't know. I don't know that I would, I would go there. I don't know. I was just listening to uh, something from a local NPR or something about, uh, some of these uh, gun rights advocates, um, they are very much uh, more extreme than, than the NRA. And, the, you know, they don't believe in the NRA and don't think that thinks that the NRA are taking their rights away or giving their rights away. And it's these guys, the Doer brothers. And it was kind of fascinating. They were down in Virginia for the gun, that gun rally back in the beginning of the year. Like, I think it was in January, maybe. I don't remember. But uh, it's, you know, I don't know. It's it's the assault weapons and um, the whole idea. I understand the idea of a well-armed militia. And I guess if ever you believe there's going to be a problem and there's going to be some sort of thing where the government is coming after us, you know, it's it, we seem to be right there on the precipice, you know, the potential of it, regardless of how the election goes. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, 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 I don't know. I don't well, know. So part of the part of the the other epiphanies I had was there's a um, you know the the idea that you're prepared a little bit for some things uh, is uh, is something that um, some people take you know like you're talking about these these gun people and some of them really take it to the to the crazy level uh, for sure I, and then there's some people that are I think. Um, 
uh, I'm just going to say like me that you know, okay, you've got uh, something just uh, just in case sort of thing, but you're you're not wearing it on your sleeve constantly and and trying to remind people about you know this is my rights and fuck you and you know and trying to be confrontational about whatever. You know, I got thrown into a situation where um, I had uh, logical fear for the situation. Um, I, I knew that um, on a lot of fronts, I had to take care of shit. And when you've got three fucking big trees uh, that are uh, down in your front yard and you've got one leaning on the neighbor's house that's uh, partially leaning on your house and you've got just virtual destruction all over and everybody else that you know has the same thing going on. So to to, to try to say, I'm going to get on the phone and I'm going to call my friends and everybody's going to come over and help. It wasn't wasn't a possibility. It wasn't wasn't even in the cards. So whatever you had to do, whatever was going on around your place, and there was a, a insurmountable amount of of things that you had to get done that you had to accomplish. I've got to get a, a somewhere. I've got to get a big fucking chainsaw. I'm not really a chainsaw. Um, um, I've run one before, but not a lot. They're you, scary. They're incredibly powerful and yes, very scary. Yes, and they can kick back and they can cause a lot of harm. Yes, but if I don't do this, it's not going to get done. Sure, sure. You know, so there's that sort of thing. There's also the idea that, um, you, you know, you've got um, you got to make big decisions. You got to make them with with uh, with authority, and you've got to say, all right, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and this is what you know, this is how this is going to work. It, it, it put the world in, into a, into a, into a place here locally where I could see people that really weren't capable of, of handling that responsibility there were there were people that um that i'm sure still you know we're, we're still in the thick of it because I, there's people i work with that still don't have internet um and there's still you know like tree rubble everywhere and all that and there's lots of cleanup nobody's gotten checks from insurance companies yet nobody's gotten you know, I, I had an insurance adjuster out this morning again he's taken he's got a uh, he's got a uh, he said, do you mind? I'm going to get my drone out and we're going to take aerial photos of, of, of your property because I want to make sure that everything's we're getting everything. Mm. Well, you know, one of those kind of things. So we're all dealing with this in a major way. Some people, uh, just based on their personality, have problems trying trying to handle that. I had a, a neighbor down the street that I, I looked over and I saw this person uh, was out with these little clippers you might use to prune like roses with, you know, a little hand, hand pruner. Mm-hmm. And she She's got a big fucking tree down in her yard, and she's trying to prune little pieces off of the edge, edge of the branches. That's adorable. And, and yeah, it's adorable, but it's also just it's mental it's fucking illness. It's it's useless. Yeah. Sure, and, sure. So I went over to her and I said, you know, you you don't have to make anything that small. They're they're going to take everything. You know, they're going to they're going to take anything you can get anywhere near the curb when they come by to pick mm. this up at some point. So let's try to let's try to get bigger pieces. So went over with a chainsaw and started lopping off branches off mm. off trees and dragging big branches mm-hmm. to the to the curb you know and trying to get to a point where you sometimes the the piles would get so big that you could hardly get stuff on them anymore it was just it was it was crazy but just coming to the point where you can make a decision do i need a generator yes i need a generator how am i going to get a generator where i'm going to get in the i'm going to get in the car and i'm going to start driving until i can get phone service somewhere and then when i can get phone right, service you didn't have phones your phone service was very spotty yeah on day 2 we had to drive four hours 
before we could find a generator that was for sale. What state did you go to? We ended up near Minneapolis, uh, just south of Minneapolis, Minnesota, before we could find a generator. And you and you uh, and and so and you picked up what three of them for you and uh, other family members? Yes, bought three generators, and I picked up two chainsaws when we're up there because you couldn't buy a chainsaw, you couldn't buy a generator here. So trying to get that stuff accomplished, then get back and. Uh, when you when you get back, okay, what are we going to do now? Well, there was no place to you couldn't buy gas anywhere because all the electricity was out, so they they couldn't pump gas at places. So you had to you had to drive all over, and um, at that point there was um, rumors going around. You know, this station might be open and they might have gas, and so you're just chasing these little weird little rumors as you can try to. You know, my wife was getting on Facebook. There was a a, a Facebook group that popped up around the 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 disaster you know the the derecho 2020 i think is what they called it or something like that and so you get on there and get these these hints of what might be a place where you can get gas but then you had to okay you're running a generator so you've got to have enough gas cans to to bring home enough gas to keep this thing going for a while so where do you get gas cans those are sold out too um where do you get uh, oil for the chainsaw red that, solo cups as long as it's gasoline yeah. it's in red solo cups you ask the kids you go like beer pong you've been playing beer pong? we need those come on and then we go and then we run it becomes a game it's not a yes. game it's not a game at all but that's the thing there's the resources were, were yeah. sparse to say the least sparse resources yeah and but so anyway there were people that i saw that just weren't weren't handling things well I've, i had a couple of friends uh that uh <laughs> Uh, they just left town. They just said, fuck it. They locked their doors and they went and stayed in hotels outside of town and they just, to wait, and to, they, they were gone for like a week trying to wait out some things to, to where you could get, uh, you, where you could get around better, where the electricity was going to come on here and there, those sort of things. Um, our, our neighbors right next door, um, they left. They 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 got out of Dodge uh, immediately. They couldn't get. They they were at work when the storm hit, even though their driveway was completely blocked with trees. Uh, they got back to the street uh, as close as they could, down the block as they could, and they walked up. And I and they they were just. It was weird because I, I've talked to them both a little bit, and they're not very normally very outgoing people, but they were just really uh, freaked out and trying to. Let me know that they were going to be gone, and they were. They had to talk right. to some insurance people, and they yeah, were trying to yeah. figure out what was going on yeah. and all of that. A, a, a friend of mine, a friend of mine from my college days, post college days, Dave, the one that has that, whatever that podcast about medical school. Mm-hmm. He, I believe, he lives in Cedar Rapids. I don't remember the medical school or the name of the podcast, but he posted on Instagram on August fifteenth, and he went to Iowa City. He was at a Hilton. Garden in with his family in Iowa City. Now, how far right. away is Iowa City? About thirty minutes. Yeah. Yeah, and and they they were fine. They they got uh, very little damage. They they got some, but very very little mm-hmm. damage. Um, I was just reading some stuff online about people that uh, were uh, had. They, they worked in Iowa, they work in Iowa City and they got a lot of pressure from uh, their employers in Iowa City who were like you know what's the big deal why can't you come to work uh, and. Uh, they didn't realize even in I, the people in Iowa City until until you drive into town. I think a lot of people thought, "Well, you're exaggerating." Yeah, until you get here and start taking a look at what went on, it's like it's crazy. It's it's nuts. But um, you know, it, it just I don't know. It it made me realize that um, there are there are people that are completely comfortable 
waiting for the FEMA truck to arrive, that are waiting for uh, somebody somehow to come come to the rescue. And um, I, I'm not that person. I, I'm, I'm just not. And uh, and the, the people who are were the uh, people that weren't comfortable waiting, I think, are the ones that. Uh, and I'm not trying to say. Um, I guess the best way to say this is uh, there were a whole bunch of people that went beyond doing what they had to do to make things around town move a lot quicker. And if we would have waited for situations to arise where the city or the state, we, we had the National Guard around after a couple of days, uh, we were on, you know, they, they, they put the city on uh, basically um, dawn to dusk type curfew where you couldn't be out uh, anybody couldn't be out not, not a certain age nobody could be out for the first couple of days um when you get into that situation there 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 are time well, the roads were blocked all over so there were there were a lot of people myself included that uh, i just took the chainsaw with me wherever i went so once i once i had it um i would get in the truck and i'd load up all the gas cans and go looking for gas and if I went down a, a road somewhere sometimes and the street was blocked or partially blocked by a tree, I got out and cut the fucking tree tree into pieces and got it off the road as much right. as I could. Sure. And there were people doing that all over. You know, there's guys just jumping out and just you know, running, running sure. the chase, chase sure. I was getting yeah, shit out of the way. Uh, the first... You, know, uh, you kind of have to. I mean, if you want to get anything done, like, I mean, you know, yeah. you got to do whatever you can to clear it. The trees aren't going to clear themselves. No, and if it's you like, wait, if you wait for for the for the uh, whoever's going to be there, there's knight in shining armor to show up. You're going to be waiting a long time. The, so the only thing about doing the clearing in your own yard is the whole idea of the damage and the insurance, right? If you can't get a claims adjuster to come and like do survey the damage, you know, if you did all the work and cleaned it all up you know you're lucky to get anything yeah well what to a certain degree you know what what you do what i learned you what we all learned you do is you you immediately start taking pictures of everything sure, sure, so i took movies and pictures and and that sort of thing so a lot of that stuff you, you know it's been sent on to the insurance companies and so yeah right, we, we right. you know as far as on our block we were the only we were the only um on for a stretch of about 10 houses at the beginning of our block we were the only house that didn't have a tree on top of the house directly we, we got nicked but we didn't have one on the house um we we had less damage than a lot of places they've got still today all over town there are 180 foot construction cranes in little residential neighborhoods pulling trees Big big trees off of houses still today. I just I'm seeing them all over. You you have above ground power lines, right? We do, unfortunately. Yeah, I wish, yeah. In, in this area of town, not not all over town. There were, there was sure. parts of town when the electricity started being restored. When they started pulling the grid back up, of course, the places that where it's underground or buried, they they get pulled up quicker, and um, and then you know that was a uh, big help. But it was it was it was okay. So. You know, as that's all going on, you take your mind completely off of the uh, of the other thing, the COVID thing. Um, sure, it's like I didn't even think about it. You know, for the longest time, it was it was just like, why why am I concerned about that right now? Because you know, there's there's so much other stuff going on. Um, you, you know, you just take your mind off, it. and then all the other bullshit of, like I said, the 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 
the weekly news, the daily news, the the you know the whatever spin bullshit that's going on, what fucking Trump said or Fauci said or or Biden said or or whatever any you know whether Kanye is pissing on something uh, you know none of that mattered. <laughs> now has it come back in into my life? Yeah, yeah. I mean it it does, but I'm finding times now where I I'm putting the phone away and realizing that. Um, most of the shit is just it, it doesn't it doesn't matter it really doesn't matter too much i mean there are things that you know scare the life out of me sure i i scared to death of both of our presidential candidates i'm scared to death of uh, our vice presidential candidates uh, i think we're uh, there's a lot of people that think that um that things can only get better and i no longer believe that in any way shape or form uh as far as uh the the direction of the of the country or or those sorts of things um i'm a little different i believe (laughs) that things can get better i don't believe that things will get better and that's regardless of who becomes president right i also believe that things can and may get worse so I've said nothing, really. Is is what I, you know? I mean, yeah. it's yeah. I, like I, it, things are not going to just get better because they get better. Things, you know, the fires and the weather is not going to just cooperate, and the vaccine yeah. is not going to be ready. And even when it's ready, it's not going to do things. The schools are going to be where they're going to be, and the online learning we have learned does not work. It does not work well. Uh, New York City's a shit show. They've pushed their school back just yesterday until September. 29th and for high school kids that's up to eighth grade and then and then for high school kids it's october 1st and it's unions it's safety it's a lot Mm -hmm. of things it's logistics of all of it it's the biggest public school system in the country you know i mean there has been time to think about it and to roll out a plan and yet still still no it's not easy i don't think it's easy for anyone and so, you know, I don't have one single answer. I think that the complaints coming from anywhere and everywhere are just just that. Um, the solutions are f- seem to be few and far between. Uh, so I just kind of keep to myself as much mm. as possible, which is more than ever. <laughs> it's good. It's good. If, you know, that, yeah, the school I thing. Our, bubble. Yes, our schools won't be uh, where the kids are actually. They decided now uh, Monday they're going to start online, but. Um, I'm 100% online because we have school buildings that are damaged. Most of them are damaged. One of the high schools is, uh, I think, beyond repair. And um, like 20 school buildings were damaged. And uh, so they they can't physically get into the schools until probably January 1st, maybe, uh, before they even try that. It might be all year long where we have completely virtual for the next next school year entirely. And um, how they're handling that, uh, it's... It remains to be seen somewhat, but like I don't think it's working real great. I think we've reached a tipping point with uh, public schools, with the public school system, and I think that um, you're going to see uh, uh, more and more people jump from that ship. Uh, as as far as well, there's going to be two things I think that happen. There's going to be people that jump from that ship, as far as not wanting their kids uh, in the public school system, and I believe rightly so. And I think there are going to be um, also a lot of kids that uh, fall through the cracks, and 
either end up dropping out or um, the educational system fails them in such a major way that uh, they're going to reach the age where they're trying to do something else, go to college, go to trade school, go to whatever, and they're just going to find out that they're, we're going to have a lot of illiterate, unprepared uh, completely, even more so than we've got now already in some cases, uh, kids. So I, you know, it's 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 a it's a different world. I, and I'm I'm not I sound pretty negative about things here. I'm actually pretty optimistic about um, the idea that um, I don't know. Uh, like like you, I think the idea of being a little more in a bubble. I think it's it's better. It's a better thing. I don't know. You get. I don't know. I I I, I just. Uh, I see things changing, and um, some of it is is going to be um, positive change, and some of it, I guess, like anything in the world, we're just going to have to bump our noses until we until we figure out how to get there. So I don't know. Um, like I said, it's, it's, it scares me a little bit the idea that uh, we've got these uh, two uh, incompetent people uh, on the on the ballot for for president. We've got, um, in my opinion. Um, a completely incompetent uh, vice presidential candidate uh, in Kamala Harris. I don't think she was uh, uh, in any way, shape, or form should be that close to the presidency based on her record in California, which I think is speaks for itself. It's atrocious. It's wasn't even, I don't know how anybody, any person of color could vote for her because she was horrendous to, uh, to people in California. And, uh, it, that makes me sad more than anything. So I guess we'll, we'll limp along and figure out what happens. But uh, um, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but other than that, yeah, life's life's uh, life's good. <laughs> you know, I, um, I while while you were talking about some of that, I was looking at my computer and I was just looking at um, you know our audio recording client cast, right? Yes. And and I saw something that I never noticed, right? I mean, you know, you see the same thing that I see, but with your name up at top, the amount of time we're recording, episode one. And then at the bottom, I saw something that really was kind of interesting. You know, it's some credits for some illustrations, mm-hmm. a little link to a clip. And then in the bottom left corner, it has copyright 2020, Debacle Inc. That's the thing. That, and so now I need to Google debacle link, but you know the definition of debacle, right? Yeah, yeah. A great disaster, a complete failure, a fiasco. Yes. Which to me, that's pretty much like we did in 2020. It's a debacle. It's a it, freaking. It sounds like a game, like, you know, Yahtzee. Yes. Debacle. Debacle. Let's all play debacle. The game oh, of man. So, if um, only there was a game that could just bring us joy, make us happy. I got sent. Uh, I got. Things. I got sent through work uh, because we deal with a lot of uh, TV stations at work as as some of the religious broadcasters are a group that I went to their convention. Um, Yes, you talked about that. Kevin Sorbo was there. Yes, I went there in March. Well, they sent out a a, uh, document yesterday, a survey that said they had, uh, oh God, they had been uh, surveying all of their their membership. And and I don't understand this, how uh, religion has decided that um, that God's going to keep you from COVID. I don't, I don't understand that. But um, that was basically the, if you look through the whole survey, it basically said that most of the religious broadcasters have everybody back at work at the stations. They're doing business as usual. People are wearing masks and they are using social distancing. But other than that, they, no problem here. They were, they were like, you know, we're just going to keep doing everything that we want to do in, in the way that we're, we would normally do it. 
they have another convention coming up in February that they're planning uh, everybody to come to this big convention in February, which I'm sure, I'm sure is going to be, you know, what you'd imagine, you know, a bunch of people sitting around, you know, a few hundred people in a room with no masks on, that sort of thing, and, and uh, Jesus is going to save them. Um, it's just, it's, it's so strange. We were down, we went to Missouri uh, a couple weeks ago, we did exactly the opposite thing. I, here I am. T- I don't obviously do what I don't. <laughs> don't listen to me for advice. Sure. Right when Fauci was saying we're going to have a big outbreak after in af- Iowa, he, he said after the after um, the um, Labor Day weekend, there's going to be a big outbreak, and he, and he pointed at some places in particular, Iowa and Missouri, because we've been uh, a hot spot for cases here. Uh, after once it was basically. Our hotspot status occurred basically when when University of Iowa and Iowa State University, when the when the colleges went back, all of a sudden the cases went through the roof, for uh, you know obvious reasons. I think that the kids are all back and they're not they, you know they kids are are not buying into this much yet. The idea that you know they're supposed to do what the adults are doing. But um, Fauci was saying uh, it's also going to spike because people are going to be get together. They'll, they'll get together for family re- reunions and things like that, and that's not what you should do. So we decided to uh, go to Missouri for a family reunion. <laughs> Your side or Rachel's uh, Rachel, Rachel side? And um, uh-huh. there weren't at the family reunion. I will say they, they, there was a very, I think, a very good effort applied towards social distancing they had um it was in this um this uh rented facility this this uh you know reception hall type place and they had tables quite a ways apart there were people wearing masks and people were were doing i think a pretty good job of staying a good distance away from people i would have been more comfortable had they done it outside but it was inside Mm -hmm. and it was well ventilated and i didn't get um I didn't feel like it was a, a really an unsafe place to be. Maybe not the safest, but um, we went. So, and uh, when we were staying at a at a at a hotel, and when we were at this hotel, we were also trying to do a good job of staying the hell away from everybody at the hotel. And uh, I think we we did for the for the most part, except for me. <laughs> I decided at one point we we had a there was a there were some relatives there from uh, that we see regularly from from Cedar Rapids that were also there, and we had set up outside. There was a, um, a pool that was outside, and we had set up sort of everybody out by the pool, and everybody was sitting around this pretty large table. And, it, and again, everybody was kind of keeping their distance. It wasn't like we were right, right on top of anybody, that sort of thing. But I went. Um, I knew that there was a wedding going on at the facility because there was a bunch of people running around, and they were very, very much. It was a cowboy type wedding. There was a lot of Wrangler jeans and big hats and big, you know, belt buckles that looked like hubcaps off cars and that sort of thing, and uh, boots and all of that. So I've seen a lot of these people walking around, and I I I'd go to the bathroom, and and uh, the closest bathroom. Uh, I somehow missed where it was at, and I'd asked somebody where the bathroom was, and they pointed me down the hallway to, and they said, "You go through those doors there, and it's just beyond on on the doorway, about you know 15 feet. You'll see it." And so I go pushing through these doors, and when I push through the the double doors, I realized that I was in sort of a party room, like a rented party room, mm-hmm. and it was the wedding people, and it was just packed with people. But uh, you you crashed a wedding. I basically ended up during walk- COVID during, during a pandemic. During a pandemic during because COVID, 
not by intent though. It wasn't I, like, hey, I'm gonna get my party on. No, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta whiz, man. I got, I gotta, I gotta go to the bathroom. Like, I got, I got. I right, go. sure, sure, sure. Yeah. You're just doing your thing, finding a place. Yes, finding a place. Push through the double doors. Walk about three steps. Realize, whoa! Uh, and there's it's the place is packed with the people. Everybody's yelling. They're 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 singing. Their uh, arms around each other. Right, you know, right. That you know, like you like a wedding would be. Yeah, no, a wedding like a full on. I got you. Like, but no mass. There was, wasn't a mask in that place. It was mm-hmm, it was just mm-hmm. a bunch of drunk uh, you know cowboys having playing country music and and everybody was singing and dancing with their arms around around each other that sort of thing and i swear to god <laughs> i held my breath i i literally i i, I realized where i was at i stopped i looked around for a second i held my breath and i walked as far as i could away back from where i came holding my breath for probably like two minutes until i got far enough away and and then i just you know because i didn't have a mask on either but i'd come from outside and i thought i was going to get in and get out real quick and i wouldn't be around anybody so i walked into this covid sanctuary covid wedding covid wedding i walked right, right. into it yeah and just you know and so i've been hearing about these weddings where they've had there's one in maine where they had this big outbreak and mm-hmm. uh, seven people that weren't even at the wedding have died um as a result of this this hmm. one service which was led by a crazy pastor this pastor was quoted as saying something like uh, masks do about as much good as a chain link fence keeps out mosquitoes is what he he was quoted as saying so um well, that's scientific, though. That's uh, he's not wrong about that. I mean, listen, I agree. Listen, I put up a chain link fence once, right? We lived by a swamp. There were mosquitoes like crazy. Didn't work. Didn't, Didn't work. work, and it was ugly. I got a pit bull though, and the pit bull took all the bites keeps, from the keep, mosquitoes. Keeps the that's mosquitoes. a cra- Hold on one second. No, he didn't. Yes. Uh, okay, I'm not going to forget it. Google, you know the, Google the main wedding. I'm although not going to Google I, it. No, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. You should stay in your bubble. Stay in your goddamn bubble. I'm going to stay in my bubble Let's because anytime I see anything, I like, I'm like, no, no one said that. No, yeah. that's no, those are not the words that came out of that person's mouth. And then sure enough, I go online and no, no, that's exactly. No, he couldn't have meant that. Oh, shit. He meant that. He meant what? that. Yes, he meant that. So, yeah, so I was in the middle of all that and that's been two weeks weird and weird nobody had got covid since so like and i've been tested now a total of four times four times for yes because how the hell do you get four tests like do you have i mean i've gotten tested once i donated uh to the red cross blood twice they they test you and then i got a the one time when i thought maybe i did have it i had gotten the drive up test through the state and then this week i went in and got a colonoscopy uh, and they test you when you go to, when you're going in for a procedure like that. So I got is that your second colonoscopy. That is the second time I've gotten a colonoscopy, and uh, I'm clean as a whistle. Everything came out well. Uh, right, because they give you that stuff to drink. It's the reason we couldn't record on Wednesday. Yes, yes. You, you, you reached internet- out to me that you got internet back. Can you do it? No, I'm still yes. up here in Connecticut. I'll be back Wednesday. Works, and then you're like, no, nah, no, nah, I got to do the thing tomorrow, and uh, I can't. I, I got to be close to. It. I mean, you could have recorded from the bathroom, oh, right? God, yeah, man, I'll tell you, you would have had some extra noise going on there. But uh, yeah. yeah, they give you. They have a cough. There's a cough button, but no poop filter. <sighs> Jesus, there's no poop button. It is. Uh, yeah, they give you. A, 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 they give you this 
big, I think it's two-gallon jug is what it, it, it amounts to, a two-gallon jug of, of this uh, stuff that you drink, and it runs through you like a freight train. Is so your I, stomach in knots? Yeah, now? it's yeah, it's like having it's like having you know that kind of greasy bad diarrhea feeling for while it's going on. It, it's not fun. <laughs> not but, quite the selling point, huh? No, no, no. And uh, I was reading on the on the literature that they send you beforehand. There's a there's this paragraph that they repeat in the literature like two times on every page. It's the same same thing, and it's and it's uh, it's bolded. And basically, what it says is. Yeah, you're going to take this. Yeah, this is going to be horrible, but you have to do it because if we get to take the test and you don't do this, you will have failed at your responsibility. We're trying to be responsible in our job by doing the best job we can, and we can't do that if you fail with your part of this. This and, I, and sure. I'm I'm guessing there's a lot of people that either look at it and go, eh, or they they they, they they give you dietary restrictions. You're not supposed to eat really much the day before, and for the three Specific or four days. food like no yeah. dairy, like what, what kind of stuff? High, high fiber stuff. They say anything with seeds. You know, like you wouldn't want to eat like tomatoes or you know anything, you know, strawberries, those things. They have those little seeds and stuff like that. So they're looking for you to to just have a lot of stuff that slides right through you for three or four days before that and then the day the 24 hours beforehand they they want you on a liquid diet and there's a lot of people that really uh, are unwilling to do that and uh, for me the not eating part was was a piece of cake because i've been doing this uh warrior thing the 20 20 hours of fasting oh you're still doing that huh i i went off of it for a little while but i've, I've kind of gotten back to it it must have been hard when you had no power and things were that must have been a little more challenging Right. Well, yeah, so the weird thing was, we had kids in the neighborhood. Tori's friends, Zoe's friends, and some of these some of these kids are uh, kind of do come from some disadvantaged homes, and um, they knew the kids knew that we. I had the outdoor cooking stuff set up. I've got a big flat griddle uh, grill thing that we had mm-hmm. set up outside, and, and we had other th- uh, some some other ways to. Uh, to cook pretty much anything outside we had set up pretty well so there were two or three kids that would show up at about like 7 30 8 o'clock in the morning and showed up really early and i would make them breakfast yeah and uh so we would eat and i would we'd sit there and talk and mm-hmm. uh um just you know about what was going on and the crazy crap that was going on uh they had this curfew thing so some of the discussion on the first couple days was um, they'd been at our house maybe until there was the, the first night. Everybody was freaked out, and they weren't there very late. But by the time the second night rolled around, there were kids there still at nine thirty, quarter to ten. And I said, "You guys got to get because you know curfew you, you, and, cur- they're, they're, and they're looking for you." I said, "They're they're sure. they're, they're they've got these little I don't know where these came from. It was so fucking weird because all of a sudden." I'd never seen that the city had these little like Gator SUV, you know, four wheel vehicles with the big, big knobby tires on them that um, have big running spotlight things on top of them and flashing, you know, the red and blue flashing lights and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Very Mad Max seeming. But as soon as they got the streets cleared out in in enough that you could get around a little bit, those things were driving around town all over. As soon as it got dark, you had these, you know, lights going on and they were running spotlights around trying to, trying to grab people after curfew. So I told the kids, go now. And if you see any car coming, 
at all. I said, hide behind the, the, the brush piles. Just get behind something. And I said, mm-hmm. don't walk up the street and expect a car to come by and just pass you by. I said, it's, it's going to be a, probably a cop, and they're gonna, you're gonna, you, you don't need that hassle. Right. So just, just hide out, man. Just you know, hide behind the shit until you get home. So then the discussion we had in the morning was, you know, did you make it home? Did you see cops? What was going on? And I don't have a problem with the cops being out doing that, but it was, it was kind of surreal. And they were like, yeah, we did. We hid. We did what you said. And, um, so we'd eat and we'd talk about what was going on and the, you know and uh, usually uh, they, they they helped out in a great way the, the the teens did they were you know helping me move shit and and uh, pick things up and drag stuff to the curb and move move trees they did a really good job of that so I you know didn't feel like uh, put out put out at all by feeding a bunch of them and uh, we did that quite a bit and then there'd be a, a group that would show up a little bit later in the day and. Uh, hang out and we had, we had quite a few kids around and so you know we we're talking about this so with this covid thing i think all of us you know we're, we're trying to keep a circle that's for some people it's probably pretty pretty tiny you know they're trying to mm-hmm. l- really limit who they're who they're around for me i think the for us though the circle was probably um somewhere in the range of uh, 10 or 15 kids that were generally around here in and out of the house um, and what, what, what other relatives we were in contact with that we weren't like necessarily masking up. We were doing, you know, you're not, you know, you're hugging and kissing everybody or anything like that, but uh, you're kind of, you're around relatives and, and you're, you're, you're in the same house and things like that. So I'm guessing at one point my circle was maybe somewhere in the 30 to 50 range, somewhere, something like that. And I'm thinking, how did I not get exposed to COVID at that range? Because if you take my 30 to 50 that I've, I've been around fairly regularly, fairly often, and whoever else they're in contact with, you know, exponentially it, it grows. And somebody's got to be breathing on somebody. And I, I was just like, I tell them, like, I was really kind of confused as to how at some point, I hadn't been exposed, or none of us had apparently in the in the house. So I don't know. It's it's a weird fucking thing to 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 go through and think I'm about. I'm not even sure that I've hit double digits. Double digits in far as in terms of uh, people. Yeah, I well that I'm around. I mean, it's just like immediate family, Susie, right? And um, you know, I mean, I don't count grocery store, or whatever. That's like you know, in and out, masked mask. up and and in and out as quickly as possible. So your you kids know, weren't bringing over friends without masks, that sort of thing. Like, uh, no, I mean, I would I would not be around for it, or right. you know, I if I was around, wear a mask. If you're in my car, you're wearing a mask, and I'm wearing a mask, and. And sort of so, and it was small, and and Cameron didn't. I mean, Cameron's off to college now and has been for four weeks, right? Um, which I'll get into a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, so you know, I'd go to my parents' house, and there'd be people there, but I kind of kept to myself um, for the most part. Yeah. You know, um, it didn't. It didn't extend to no. I mean, I it's I do like I said, I've been living in some bubble since march for the most part yeah yeah and i I, I see people in the neighborhood when i'm like running or and you know basically when i'm running i'll say hello if i see uh, someone in the grocery store i'll say hello and talk from a distance which hasn't happened much yeah i i've gotten so at the grocery store or something like that uh 
I even though I've had occasions where I've recognized somebody, uh, generally I don't even try to address them. I, I'm I don't like if we've got if we both have masks on. It's it's hard to communicate. Uh, sure, you, you know you're yelling at each other and it's weird. And you can't you can't mm-hmm. judge say, you know their facial expression and all of that. So. A lot of times I'll just uh, I just go the other direction. It's like you know, it's like I, I, I did that yesterday at the grocery store, but it was only because I didn't remember the woman's name. Yeah. And we walked into the store around the same time. She walked in moments after me, right in the produce section. I'm like, dude, what is that woman's name? What is that woman's name? And I kind of just like avoided her. Yeah, I, I can't. And I totally recognized her. And and but then I went around the store, and then right when I was toward the end in the dairy section, about to leave, I saw her talking to another woman. In the, who lives in the neighborhood? Like they were both, they both had children at the same elementary school that I had, and and the woman that I didn't recognize used to take photos too. So I, I and I'm just like, what is her name? And I literally doubled back, forgot something, grabbed it, and just avoided her, and then went onto my phone, and her last name popped into my into my head somehow, and I went into my email, I typed in gil g-i-l and sure enough i found this lady and i'm like and i wa- and that's when i walked up and said oh hi lisa hi wendy and and then and then we had a little quick little conversation now with the kids school whatever and yeah. talked about cameron at boston college but it was weird that i recognized them they recognized me but i just it was me having getting i'm ha- it's happening more and more i don't remember people's names i remember their faces sometimes i'll remember their face but i don't know how or why sorry about that um i won't remember like context I'm sure like, i don't know I, why and, and and like th- these were people that i actually this woman was someone that i interacted with because she took photos at a lot of the events and sometimes i would email her about getting photos from her that i could edit for something so it's weird but yeah, so I don't have I don't have a big circle or bubble. I even have a friend from college that invited me to a comedy show last night, and mm-hmm. I was like, nah. This was in Brooklyn, and it was like a rooftop comedy show, and it was just like I didn't want to go into Brooklyn, yeah, or Queens, wherever it was. I wouldn't either. I just didn't want to. And he he even asked me today, like, do you want to you know if you want to come to the city and hang out because he stays in New Hampshire for the most part, at mm-hmm. his at his dad at his family house that he grew up in right and not in his studio apartment because well manhattan is not the same and hasn't been for quite some time sure and yeah. so sounds pretty so rough you, know, yeah. you want to hang and whatever and it's like i don't even when uh, like last year there's a photographiska is i'm not pronouncing it right has a museum it's a photography museum right like that and she got tickets um for christmas for the two of us right you know to go mm-hmm and they've got all their rules of percentage of people, and you got a book online, and you've got like a four-hour window. And we were, I was, we were going to go down one day, like last a week ago. And both days, I'm like, I don't really want to go. Like, I just didn't want to go. Like, it, it, it's not yeah. the place I want to be, right? So yeah, I can see you that. You know, and and like I like the thing about Cameron, right? I saw him on Monday. This past Monday was my 49th birthday. Happy so I was birthday. up with Susie for eight days, right? And and we did a bunch of stuff, which I'll get into. But we were, um, so it's, I I went up to visit Cameron and brought him some stuff, TV, mm-hmm. his Sony PS4. He didn't bring a lot of stuff with him, and part of the reason he didn't bring a lot of stuff is he just assumed that they're going to send him home. They're going to yeah. send everyone home. Sure, right? yeah. And so went up, dropped off his stuff. I can't go into his dorm, right? The dorm they have very strict very strict restrictions regarding mask wearing and so does massachusetts massachusetts right. has one of the smallest percentage of cases in the country 
and like there it's mask on on the street everywhere the, the two times i've been up there once to drop them off and this past monday it is like everywhere you know and he's like okay um and and so but they have this rule at the school that you cannot have if you have two roommates in a room you can't have more than two guests one per person cameron doesn't have a roommate that doesn't mean that he could have four people in his room he can have one more person in the room you know which it's if someone had two people in the room they have the same size room i don't know i haven't seen all the rules and he's had friends that have gotten together and now have gotten with he's told me that they've had one COVID 19 you know violation you know five people in a two-person room and if they were just hanging out and watching a movie and i think these kids may have been drinking boom kicked out of the dorm kicked out of the dorm and then that's that i don't think you get your money back <laughs> and you still have to figure out a way to go to your in-person classes right. and do your online classes yeah. and if you're from out of state and a lot of uh, students from but now again they've made the choice to do that now i'm i'm reading articles here and Cameron said it was pretty bad, like the way that co- the college has been handling it. And uh, sure enough, there are plenty of articles about what we know about COVID-19 cases in Boston College one day ago. Uh, over 100 students have tested positive for COVID-19. And the, 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 uh, uh, the governor is stepping in, the Massachusetts governor is stepping in to take over contact tracing. And I like one, are, I just clicked on one here. From the Boston Herald, it's Boston College coronavirus cases drop after recent campus outbreak sparked concern. Five students have tested uh, positive so far this week. And so I'm looking at, there's a photograph from Monday, September 14th, and it's in between classes. And it's not quite a quad, but there's this pathway. All of the kids in the photo have a mask, but there are so many fucking people. So many kids, right? There's no space. I was in Boston on like Newberry Street with Cameron before we got something to eat. And there weren't a lot of people. It wasn't packed. Everybody was wearing masks. But this is a case where, like, to me, in normal times, non-pandemic, that would be too many people for me. <laughs> like, I'd be like, I don't want to be around all those people. It's so weird. So, And, you know, it, it doesn't seem like it's being handled well. And it seems like, hey, let's get these kids to school, as many as possible, so that they don't defer. Right. Let's get a, you know, I'm not saying I'm up. They are a business. I totally get that. Absolutely. I totally accept yeah. that. And I heard a story today on NPR about a lot of students getting kicked out of school and like not much recourse and not much due process because there don't have to be. And there are going to be lawsuits. Sure. Yeah. You're, you're, you know, you're talking about like all of a sudden, like, okay, you get sent home and it's still costing you whatever it's going to cost, 18000 for that semester. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. fucking crazy. I mean, so Cameron, uh, he he's, n- according to him, he's just been in his room a lot. He has made some friends. He's hung out with the friends, uh, I think, one time in his room, but that's it. He hasn't had any COVID-19 violations. I mean, when he came out to me, he was wearing his mask. He, he had his mask going in. Again, I couldn't, even with a mask on, go into his dorm room. Totally understand it. Accept it. No problem. It's just, uh, you know, it's a little disconcerting, you know. Um, and and I wonder, even if he doesn't get a COVID-19 violation, at what point is the state going to step in and say, you guys have too many, you have too many cases. 
we're doing something. We, you, you have to make a change. And the email from the school that had talked about the 67 cases and the percentage that they gave about it being 0.41% whatever, which is lower than the Massachusetts thing, doesn't really add up the way it was written in that email based on some of these stories that I'm reading. Yeah, you know, and there was another one. Uh, you thir- Cameron told me this that, th- and and it's confirmed by this article from the Boston Globe. Uh, he said members of the swim team and the golf team, but I'm just seeing the article about here. Thirteen members of Boston College's swim and dive team test positive for coronavirus. Now, I don't know if they traced it to how it happened and who was the first kid to get it, but I wonder if they found out that one of their star swimmers or divers went to a party. Are they going to punish that kid? Are they going to kick him out of heaven? Hmm. My gut tells me no. It's, I could it's, be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. That's yeah, it's really hard you know, to guess. You know, like, and again, it, it's it's not football or or hockey. Yeah, you know, to school like that. But nonetheless, it's one of the you know one of the sports that they're participating in. Right, right. And you're like, yeah, I can't, I can't get my head around any of it. But uh, you know, it's 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 been. It's been a little crazy, but I've had my bubble, and last week I had a very, quote-unquote, normal life. Uh, spent eight days with Susie. We uh, were at her house, and then we, we went up to Vermont. It was a surprise, and we went to Brattlesboro, Ber- Vermont. Okay. And we stayed there for two nights. Well, first, we, we, we actually saw a comedy show in Connecticut. How did that work? Uh, so it was an outdoor comedy show. Drive-in thing? Not a drive-in thing. It was a physically distanced. You had like a twelve by twelve square. I didn't measure it. Oh, so it, it's like the thing that uh, you're on a you're on a farm. Yeah. Okay. Um, they had they had a bar that they were enforcing masks and physical distance. You didn't have to wear your mask in your you know little grid. Mm-hmm. You know, we we just brought two you know. Um, beach chairs and i had a big blanket and we and another blanket one for the ground and one to put over ourselves it was a little chilly and it was um there were two shows there was a um a 6 30 like kind of dusk show and we went to late show the 9 30 show so you know getting people out and getting us in so we ha- and they told us to arrive 90 minutes early so was it was it Brian no, that Brian Callen Brian Callen Brian Callen and Crystalia? No, 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 no. It was not. <laughs> no, thankfully it was not. No, they were canceled. Um, so you had uh, no. It was an opening act. I think his name was Ricky Velez. Wasn't paying attention because he he did like ten minutes, and that's when we went to a food truck, and you know I went and got drinks. Or drink one for Susie and none mm-hmm. for me because I'm not drinking and I didn't even think to get myself water. I don't know why. I think I was just I think I was just overwhelmed by being out and people, you know. Even though there was physical distancing, it was still weird. And so um, it was that opening act, Mike Berbiglia. He's like one of those. He's like they they love him on NPR. Yeah, he's you know yeah, he's sleepwalk safe. with me. He's funny. He's likable. He's kind of a clean comic. You know, he's pretty much. And so he opened, and then Pete Davidson, Saturday Night Live, yeah. uh, Pete Davidson, Staten Island, Pete Davidson, Out of His Mind, Pete Davidson. I liked his, uh, liked his you know, movie. Ariana Grande dating Pete Davidson, that guy. I liked his you know. movie. Yeah, I liked the movie too. Yeah. Um, so, and then and then John Mulaney. John Mulaney, writer from Saturday Night SNL Live. SNL guy, yeah. And does a lot of stuff with Nick Kroll. And, yeah. Anyway, so... 
Ricky Velez, the guy, it seemed like he was solid and tight, but I wasn't paying attention and wasn't engaged in any way, so I barely listened. Uh, Mike Birbigli was fine. He had a couple of chuckles here and there, but, man, he was going to his notes a lot. Pete Davidson, drunk as fuck. Really? Oh, yeah. Drunk as fuck, all over the place. Uh, yeah, he, there's no question he has issues. He definitely needs writers and, and someone to edit him. Um, and apparently, um, uh, Susie had friends, uh, Susie has friends who went to the earlier show mm-hmm. and, uh, they said he was drunk at that show as well. So <laughs> just, I mean, he said he was drunk, got, got there and drunk. he stayed there. Yeah. And then, and so, yeah, he was a little all over the place and you know, if you, there were a couple of people that were, I mean, I heard these women off to my left about seven grids over giggling like crazy so they seemed to like him i didn't think anything that was laughing there wasn't much that was laugh out loud funny john mulaney was very funny he and a, he, he is was a funny prepared guy. Yeah. and no and and, and uh, he's not my favorite i don't dislike him he's got a weird cadence to him and he talks like an oldie time guy white <laughs> guy and that's kind of a shtick and he repeats himself a lot that's part of that's part of the device for him sure he was good but he still went to his notes so it was weird you know the tickets were not inexpensive mm-hmm. you know because you're paying for a grid big, for two people big, so whether big, you're one person or two people you're paying that amount big names too i mean yeah sure yeah. sure and and so so that was that was uh, interesting to see a comedy show but outdoor comedy at night in the dark on a farm with a road behind <laughs> it and cars going by and people getting and going to their grid it was hard not to be aware of all of it mm-hmm. and so then uh on i want to say it was saturday night september 12th this past saturday uh we we went to a drive-in concert also mm-hmm. it seemed to be on a farm um in new hampshire swansea new hampshire okay it was only 30 minutes from where we were staying and it was uh dinosaur jr which i'm not familiar with uh jay mascus um yeah, long hair. You, you would. How would you not? You were in radio at a time where you should have known Dinosaur Junior. Maybe if I heard it, I might. But I don't. It's not. It's not. It's not ringing uh, the a bell. Three piece. Three piece band. The all guys right. are all. The guys are all in their mid fifties. Probably fifty six ish. All right, Dinosaur and, Junior. Um, and uh, Lou Barlow. I don't know if you know Lou Barlow. Who's in? He's in some other bands too. I can't remember the other bands that he's in. Um, he plays bass and sometimes he plays guitar, but mostly he plays bass and Jay Mascus plays guitar and sometimes he plays bass and a uh, drummer, um, Matt something bald guy with glasses. They all, they, but they're, uh, they're, they were good. They were tight. They came out, no opening act. You're right. in your car. You could keep your hatch open if it didn't go above the roof. Right. You know, if you had a way to like kind of bring it down so that it was level with your roof. Sure. Uh, pickup trucks or whatever. And you had like a 12 by 8 grid and you could sit outside your car or sit in your car and tune in to 88.3 where they were broadcasting the concert. But you didn't need to because they had speakers all over. T- stage was very small. Uh, good show. Um, but weird. And uh, Lou Barlow, the, the bass player, was obsessed with the whole drive-in thing. He wanted people to flash their brights, make their alarms go off. Like he had all kinds of ideas. Like he just he, I, I think it was just boggling his mind. <laughs> like this is wild. And but most people weren't even in their car, so most people didn't do it. And then when people were doing it and beeping their horns, it was kind of just annoying. <laughs> like like, but I'll tell you, man, Susie was a rock star getting out of there. So we were in. It was section A, B, and C. We were in section B and like. B5. So there's like cars to our 
you know, left and right and cars behind us and people walking around after the show ended. And when that show ended, man, she got in the car. We loaded up the car. She backed out and got out of there so quickly. I was like, what? Like, very impressive. You know, it was late and we were tired. I wouldn't have gotten out that quickly. I would have run people over, and then I would have gotten stuck behind people. It was it was wild, and then we uh, and then we actually saw Tenet in the the uh, Christopher Nolan film in an independent theater in Vermont. Wow! Um, unlike AMC that is doing forty percent capacity, mm-hmm. I think they're doing ten percent capacity, and it was a big theater, and there were only including us. I think there were seven people in there. Wow. And so it so was these weird are, to yeah. see a movie. Very strange yeah, to see yeah. a movie in a movie theater. But if if we ever have movies again, I want to see movies with seven people in the theater. Seven in the theater. Well, we yeah. we bought a sixty uh, five inch TV right uh, about a month ago, and so I, I just kind of feel like I'm at the theater when I'm sitting in front of that thing. So you know, when you're like twelve feet away from a sixty five inch sure. TV, yeah, feels, feels yeah. pretty good. But yeah, we haven't done. Uh, you know, really, uh, other than the, uh, the the strange little uh, reunion thing, uh, I could say that I've eaten in uh, I've eaten outside of our house since March, maybe five times mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, total, and uh, really haven't gone to any you know, like haven't been to a bar, haven't been to uh, you know like just not going into like restaurants or anything like that, any, any of that sort of stuff. So yeah, I don't know. It's you, you, everybody's. It, you know, got their comfort level. A lot of the stuff when I'm around, like when I was talking about the idea with when I run into somebody, I'm, I'm also I'm all also thinking about are they because I know I have some friends that uh, I've conversed with online or whatever, and I can tell some of these people that are more freaked out about the whole thing than I am sometimes. And so if I don't know somebody's comfort level, am I just going to walk up and and talk to them? like at the grocery store, even with mm-hmm. a mask on. Because I see some people that really seem like they're on a mission. They've got their list, and they're keeping their head down, and they're moving from one mm-hmm. place to the other, and they're just trying to get in and get out. Although I figure if they're in the store, instead of doing you know some sort of uh, delivery service, some shopping delivery service type thing, they probably got a they at least have a comfort level that's high enough to go into the store. But I don't want to walk up on somebody and start blabbing and all of a sudden they're like, I can see the look on, 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 in their eyes because you can't mm-hmm. see their whole face, but they have the, that look like, you know, Jesus, get the fuck When up. I was in the grocery store yesterday and I was talking to these two women, they were actually talking and I had run into Lisa um, and I see her in the neighborhood walking her dog sometimes. So I didn't, I didn't feel too weird just approaching yeah, them. Yeah, know. just approaching them. But at that point, though, like we're in this section just past dairy over by like, you know, the bake baked goods, and it turns into the frozen food section where kind of people have passed through the whole store and they're coming through. So it's just like you're in that triangle, but you're not necessarily blocking an aisle. But at the same time, it's still once people start coming, I'm like, all right, let's break this up. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I don't know. I I don't expect anything to be back to normal, and I don't even know what normal looks like anymore. Yeah, there's there's always going to be people from this point forward, uh, you know, wearing wearing masks. I, I, I don't. Oh, think for sure, yeah. for sure. I mean, and I think it'll be less weird. I, I think the thing is when you're, um, when you're in a place where more people are wearing masks, it's it becomes more normalized. Oh, sure, yeah, yeah. That, less people wearing masks, it's, it's, it kind of feels weird to wear the mask, right? I mean, I'm, um, I, I'm I'm good 
wearing it inside anywhere I go, like to stores and stuff. Uh, and um, but when I get outside of a grocery store and there's nobody around, and I'm cutting through the parking lot, I do pull it down or take it off. Oh yeah, I I, you know. I walk out when as soon as I walk out the store, when, as soon as I get into you know fresh air, and I I know that I'm six feet away from people or whatever outside i take it off right away I, the minute i pass that guy that fucking bouncer at whole foods i rip off my mask and i go like fuck you whole foods we see we have now in in town i don't do that yes i've I, never I, I, done that we have uh a, a citywide ordinance the state doesn't have an ordinance uh, but the city does as far as mass but um mm-hmm. nobody's enforcing it there 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 are people um at some places at the door handing out masks but if somebody just blows by them without one they don't do anything and if somebody's in the store walks in in with a mask to placate the uh the doorman or whatever and then they take it off and they go in there's nobody saying put your mask back on see i haven't i haven't now i haven't gone to plenty of places but i've gone to a grocery store in connecticut i've gone to restaurants i've gone to places here in new jersey and i have not i've not I don't think I've seen it once. Really? Uh, nope. I don't. And, and I'm telling you, it's been a while. Yeah. Like, I, I want to say as far back, I don't know the exact date, but I think since June, in the beginning of it, in a grocery store, not everybody was um, wearing it. I think in Connecticut, most people, I think right away they were. Yeah. In New Jersey, they weren't right away. But once they were, everybody was wearing a mask. It's kind of gone that way a little bit, although I would guess if I went into the grocery store right now down the street and walked in, I I would guess you'd see at least uh, five people or five to ten in the, you know, there might be a hundred people in the grocery store and five five to ten are going to be without. Mm. Well, I'm thinking about going camping soon, and uh, the humidity has been pretty high, and I'm concerned about mosquitoes, so I have built this thing. It's a chain-link fence. Chain-link fence. Yes, costume that I'm wearing, and I'm going to use it for for Halloween, too, but that's my way to protect myself against mosquitoes. I have a T-shirt that you can get, okay? What's that? I saw them all over in Missouri. The T-shirt says, Faith, Not Fear, and I think that's probably the best best attitude you can adopt I'm oh listen I'm I, I pray every morning <laughs> when I wake up and every night before does, I go to bed how does that go it's been great yeah didn't you just hear my life my birthday week I saw a concert I saw a comedy show I saw a movie everything's great the Lord is looking out for my entertainment and that ladies and gentlemen is our show Let's let Mr. Big Voice take us out. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed Unbecoming of Age. Bonus content at unbecomingofage.com. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Find us on social media at Unbecoming of Age. And sometimes when we touch.